Hello, and welcome to the Reader's Corner. I'm Jasmine, and these are my co-hosts, Freya, Emily, and Sophie. On this podcast, we recommend books, and for this episode, we're going to give you our recommendations for the fall season. So let's get started. So let's start off with you, Freya. (laughs) So my book is Loki, Where Mischief Lies by Mackenzie Lee. It's a book from Once Upon a Time, before the Avengers came together. It's taking place in the late 18th century, in London. Which you might wonder, what is the Prince of Asgard doing in London? (laughs) Yeah. That's also what Loki's trying to find out. (laughs) (laughs) Originally, he just thinks it's Odin trying to get the worst of him again, and punish him again. In London... He's sent to solve some mystery. A lot of people is turning up dead, but they're not really looking dead. It looks like they're supposed to be alive. There's no visible how they died. But they know magic was involved, because there's an organization that Loki is sent to help. And they can see that there's magic that's been used through some special equipment Odin gave them. So now, how's magic come to Midgard? Because as far as anybody knew, magic wasn't supposed to ever could be there. Midgard was supposed to drain the magic out of every magical creature. So what is strong enough to create magic in Midgard? The story is also filled with a lot of plot twists. You never know what's coming next. And every time you think, this is the end, this is how it's gonna go, there's always something new. There's always some new information getting added. A new side story getting put into place. Okay, then do we want to move on to the next one then? Emily? Yes, I'll go now. So I chose um, The Song of Achilles, which is written by Madeline Miller. And it's basically about uh, Greek mythology, about Achilles and his lover Patroclus. And it takes place um, in Greece of the Age of the Heroes, um, where... We have Patroclus, who is sort of like an uh, awkward, like young prince, um, and he never really fit in in his own kingdom. And his father always looked at him, sort of disappointed, because he was never the perfect prince to say. Something happens in the past. Patroclus got exiled because of these things that happened in the past, and Patroclus then went on a whole journey to this other kingdom who basically takes in all of these exiled um, kids and young boys where he then meets Achilles and when Patroclus first sees Achilles he thinks that Achilles is like the perfect prince like he couldn't be more perfect like he is the example that every like kings across Greece use basically Um, and there's a very good reason for this because Achilles has god blood in him because his mother is the sea goddess Thetis. But um, despite like the difference between Patroclus and Achilles, they actually form a friendship. Um, mostly because Patroclus didn't really want to go and uh, learn how to fight. It was never really in his interest to fight. Um, and Achilles being Achilles was like, hell yeah, let's get you out of this. You can become my, basically his manservant in a sense. And over the years, this friendship sort of blossoms into a relationship, um, which uh, Achilles' mother absolutely hates. She thinks that Protoclus is so like 
bad for Achilles and would be sort of like a um a smudge on uh, Achilles' perfect reputation he has. And then when they are about seventeen years, Achilles and Patroclus, uh, war starts out because Helen, which is a queen of one of the other countries, has been taken by a prince from another country, and this is where um, the king of Sparta, which is where Helen is from, comes to all of the other kingdoms of Greece and asks for their help to stand together and take down um, the kingdom of Troy, which is where Helen is being held captive. This means that Achilles must go to war because he is a hero, he has god blood in him, and therefore he must act upon war. Um, even if he does not want to. Uh, so Achilles and Patroclus goes to war, and that's basically where the whole story, in a sense, takes place. Like, the main event, could you say, is there. Yes, and I do not wish to spoil. <laughs> so <laughs> no spoilers! If you want to know uh, what happens in the battle, you have to read it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds so interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's uh, move on to Sophie. Um, the book I brought today for our fall recommendations is uh, All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr. Uh, it's a historical fiction book from 2014 and it's about World War Two. The book follows a girl, 12-year-old girl I'm pretty sure, uh, called Marie Laurie and she lives in France with her father, I think Paris, and she's blind so her father has um, created the city they live in, like a model, built her a model of it so she can feel the model and then be able to walk around their neighborhood and stuff. That's our kind but, of him. Yes, very sweet. And then um, the father, he works at like a natural historical museum where he works as like a locksmith. And then because World War II starts and the Germans in- invade Paris, they have to flee. So they're fleeing to St. Malo. They have an uncle that lived there. Before they're fleeing, um, the museum has like a very important jewel in the museum, and they make like copies and like give them out to each of the like some employees that work at the museum, so that when the Nazis come, they won't. Then if they try to find the jewel, they won't know which one is the real one. Mm. So her dad gets one of those and takes it with him. When they're then in Saint Malo. He has to go back to Paris, and she uh, ends up staying alone with the uncle in St. Malo. And before he leaves, he also built her a new model of that city, so she could walk around. And that's like the one point of view that's in the book. It's like a split view. We like every chapter like changes. Uh, the other half is about a guy, also a child, called Werner. He lives in Germany with his sister and. They're orphans, and he's very interested in like radios. He found an old radio he repaired, and then they're every night they're listening to um, podcasts or radio broadcasts from around the world. And he gets so good at repairing them that he eventually gets recruited to go into the war and help with technology and stuff. Hmm. And this whole book is about how their paths end up intertwining as the city. Uh, of St. Malo becomes invaded as well in the end. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing better than a historical f- fiction in the fall. Like, yes, just sitting good. down with a cup of tea, reading some historical fiction. Yes. Yes. 
Um, well, I'll do my book then. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> talking about um, like the feel, I feel a great uh, you know genre to read in the fall is also mysteries. Definitely. So great. It's it just has the right fall vibe, but it can also be read throughout the year. But it just hits different in the fall. <laughs> yes. Um, so I've chosen the book The Inheritance Game by Jennifer Lynn Barnes, uh, which was part of a trilogy, which is about uh, this girl named Avery, uh, who inherits a lot of money. For the sake of this podcast not being hours long, I'm only going to talk about the first book. <laughs> also, for my own sake, because I haven't read the other books yet. <laughs> Anyway. What really? What? <laughs> I'm waiting for a paperback. Okay, I'm waiting for the paperback. <laughs> anyway, um, the main character is Avery Gams, um, who has a plan for the future, which is survive high school, win a scholarship, and get out. That's all. But all of a sudden, her luck has changed. She inherits a shit ton of money from this. Really rich guy <laughs> who's who does a lot of charity. But there is a catch. She has to stay in his mansion for a year. Interesting, right? Why? In this mansion. She's not alone. No, no, no. There is the family who has just been disinherited. Oh, yes. that's a She gets a letter when she inherits the money. And in this letter, it just says, I am sorry. <laughs> Okay. This book is filled with mysteries and puzzles and plot twists. It is so good. It is so, 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 so good. So, like, in this book, you never really know what could be next, but you always know kind of what it leads to in the end. You, you can always feel that in the end, she will get the money, right? Okay. Because, obviously... She's set out to do this. She must be determined. She has to do it. So you know that this yeah, will happen. she's also the protagonist. Yeah, she will have to get the money. But there is you can never figure out what is about the next challenge in her having Quest to stay. To give it, yeah, to get it. she has to stay. Like, what will these people get to get her out? And what is this... Also, this old man has left so many puzzles behind that... She has never been taught. Like, the, there's these three brother, brothers, that's his grandchildren, and they have been, like, raised to solve puzzles and riddles and stuff, and she has never done that. So the way that they w- can figure out stuff so much quicker, but they can't figure out the riddle without her, it's, ah, oh, it's brilliant. I feel like if you like uh, the movie Knives Out, you would probably like this book. It sounds very similar. Mm, yeah. so it also like the... has a lot of fall aesthetic, like the book itself, physically. Yeah, physically. Even, even though you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, yeah, I the... am judging it by its the cover. Go- <laughs> <laughs> we, I will just quickly describe what the book looks like. It is a nice emerald green uh, with gold text, and it has um, a lot of like flowers, and there's a chess piece, and a ballerina, and some jewelry, and the key, and a bit of other stuff. And it just gives fall vibes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like on the topic of covers, I feel like people, like, you know, 
You say to not judge a book by its co- uh, by its cover, but I feel like I always you judge always a book by its cover. Exactly. So that's why you like the discreet series. <laughs> Shut. <laughs> so if you don't know what the discreet series is, it's something that's been very popular on book talk because it is a book series where everything is changed out. So it's just like a plain cover. No, like a plain color on the cover. And then it just has the couple's names on it, so it doesn't have like uh, the the peop- book the book title. So this author has like a lot of books. Right. So so they don't have the designs or the title; they just have the couple and a plain color front. That's all. When you open it, you can then see the title and what part, what series it's in, and what part of a novel it's in. It's. And it's color coded by tropes. I think yeah. you might have seen that, like a yeah. Like, it's yeah. color coded yeah. by trope, and it ranges from cute city romance to dark mafia, like my area. So that's where Emily's going. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like mafias. It's fun. <laughs> I will mention there is a lot of mature content in these. Uh, so if you're if you're not into that, don't don't. Don't, don't do it. Don't go for the discreet series. <laughs> no, no. There's a reason it's called the discreet series. You don't want reason. that on your bookshelf. Yeah, that's the reason you gotta be discreet about it. <laughs> and again, like judging books by its cover, like also that when you buy books, I always get the prettiest version of the book because you know there's often an American version and a British version of the book, <laughs> and there's an ugly version and a pretty version. <laughs> Based on those two. The worst is when there's two pretty versions and you yes. can't choose. No. Oh, if there's two ugly versions. Yes. Exactly. That's the worst. Yeah. Also, I, when you go book shopping, you don't go and see, oh, this book, I want this one because the back said something. No, you look at them and say, oh, this one looks pretty. Let me read the back. Mm, yes. You don't go, yeah. oh, let me take out this book. I have not read the title or anything. Let me read the back then. No, you look at the cover before and then the title, and mm. then you decide if you want to read it. I think always, like, the, the book cover is always so, like, it should be mesmerizing in a sense that, like, you they want the readers to look at the cover and just be like, oh, pretty colors or something like, yeah. oh, this looks fancy. So, like, so like, read like it. with the fall cover that I have, like, there's so many details, and, like, the longer you look at it, the more, it, like you see like at first i did not see like half of these things when i looked at it and also when reading the book a lot of these things on the front are mentioned and in context and you're like oh that's what it is for then there's the curse of the stickers <gasps> the stickers um oh, the man. stickers that is printed onto the book so you can't even take them off I actually sometimes have an uncontroversial uncontroversial opinion i like the ones that are like if it's like a nominated those kind of stickers, if it's like, oh, there's gonna be an adaptation. Yeah, I, like I like it says on my like book nice, here. Pretty, oh, like if there has already movie. been an adaptation and then it's changed to the picture of the cover. Yes, for I now. hate the mo- movie books where you have a book that's been turned into a movie and now we have the movie cover. No, the it's movie me. poster books are not good. They're always they ugly. Would rather always have ugly. the more creative look. Yeah, I would like a symbol look like yours. Yours is uh, has a title and then a nice uh, bow and arrow. It's arrow a, shaped yeah. as a heart. Yeah, like it's so yeah. simple yet so intriguing and is such a but good like it's such a good t- way of telling mm-hmm. the story with no words. My only problem with this is that it actually has like sort of like. Reviews both here on the front. It has two reviews, but as soon as you open it up, it has more reviews and the same on the back. 
So yeah. it's just reused. It happened yeah. after it got popular. Before the book became really popular, I saw it on. Uh, it did not. Shop it. It was like only uh, blue and with the simple and like a smaller like logo, and you didn't even have the August name. So it just said the Song more, of Achilles, and then yeah, it was mm-hmm. way more simple. But because it got very popular, yeah, they changed the color. Yeah, I I also don't sad. like the fact that they're starting to pop up these non-sticker stickers that yeah. says popular from Book Talk. Or p- adapted uh, to Netflix or something yeah. like that. Yeah, like, like especially the ones from like, oh, this is from TikTok. I'm like TikTok sensation, especially like from the like love hypothesis. It has that sticker, and every mm-hmm. time I see it, I'm like, no, I don't want this book. I don't want it. It's ugly. No, I don't want TikTok <laughs> on my book. <laughs> like, no. It's mm. the same with mine. It just has the Marvel sticker three times on it because it is a Marvel book. I mean, and that's just branding. Yeah. Actually, on my uh, the the uh, behind of my book, it has a smaller version of another book the author wrote, which I just feel like so it's really mine. funny. Oh, so does mine. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> well, mine is on mine. It says, "Don't miss the Hawthorne Legacy," which is book number two. And if if and if you remember the Hawthorns. Are the rich people? Mm. So that's it's very interesting, yeah. controversial opinion. I don't like reading the back of books. Me neither. I I don't do that. The thing is, I, I do go it book just sh- to get an idea of what it yeah. is. I go book shopping, and if I see something, and I will read the back because like I don't have any other source to give me an explanation. But I feel like the back spoils so much. Sometimes it's more fun to go into like a book yeah. line. So, um a lot of when I started reading a lot um of like YA, the back of the books would spoil so much. But my friend would give me a lot of recommendations without spoiling anything. So I just had a document of all the books she wanted me to read that I had no spoilers, but I had an idea of what they were about, like what was the genre and what was like the main like tropes in a sense. And I really liked that, because I wouldn't, I I wouldn't lo- look at that. Mm. Like I wouldn't know anything really coming into the book. Mm. On the topic of uh, book covers and the thing about not judging a book by its cover, I feel like most books, the cover like gives a sense of the vibe of the book. Yeah. So I feel like if you go into a bookstore, you will automatically automatically look at the covers to see yeah. if it is a book you'll like it. The cover almost always fits the content. Mm. Yeah. So not because it's pretty or ugly, but the the yeah. the vibe of it. Yeah, that's like and that's the main thing. I always I will always judge a book by its cover because I don't again I don't like reading the back of it, so I will not really I will pick books based on what they look like because that will give me a sense of the content of the book without getting it spoiled. Really, I also feel like uh, the vibes of the book. You know, they like how they. Like you said, they kind of show what's inside, but I feel like when you have like a favorite like trope or something you really like, that you would also gravitate towards books that sort of have like that yeah. sort of book cover in a sense. Yeah. Talking about tropes, what are you guys' favorite tropes? Um, soulmates, definitely. Oh, I love it. Soulmates. Ah, oh. it's just there's something about like the true love, like it's just you yeah. know, you know, it's just. There's something about somebody being destined to like you, even though you have you're getting off rocky, you're in a rocky point in a relationship, but yeah, you exactly. know it's gonna end well because yeah. you're soulmates. Yeah, 
There's also that part like you like you know they're soulmates, but like from one like character's perspective, perspective, they're just sitting there like, oh god, no, why this person? Like yeah. sort of that. I also I also love Grumpy X Sunshine, which mm. is just is compa- like paired with soulmates. Oh, that chef kiss. It's but it's so cute where there's like this very happy person and there's just this one like I hate everyone and and everything except you. Yeah. It is it is so cute. It's like I love everybody, love to everyone, I hate everything and everyone except you. <laughs> that is also very cute. Yeah. I like the chosen one book trope. Chosen or at least that I is also very read good. a lot of books that are yeah. the that chosen was, one. That was very popular when we were younger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The books I've read are also like a lot of middle grade. And it's also like all of them it's just yeah, because if you are thinking about like Percy Jackson, Harry Potter, <laughs> Divergent, like all of the classic, like two thousands, like mixed, like not not really children's stories, not really young adult yet, you know, kind of like teen, yeah, so teen yeah, there's years, middle, yeah, stories. pre preteen stories, like those are always about the chosen one. Yeah, 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 and I think that that can kind of shape. How like when you when you grow up with those you kind of also will gravitate towards those kind of things. We are the chosen ones. We are the chosen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like the chosen ones is also just sort of like when you're a kid and you see something like that, you're like, "What if I am the chosen one?" Like, like you really get this sort of like almost it like could be me. yeah, it, it could, could be, be me type of thing. Yeah, I do also love like a good coffee shop. AU in like in fan fiction world because mm. when when I was younger I read Harry Potter and I was in the Harry Potter fandom and I I could never really get enough so I found fan fiction and <laughs> when I found the fan fiction I would start reading coffee shop AU and I was like oh my god this is so cute but what's like what's even better is like as a fangirl I will also, I've also read some other fan fiction but also like college AUs or like sports AUs are also adorable. <laughs> you just like to see the book but like reimagined into like different <laughs> <Yes>. scenarios. Yes. <laughs> but the book but you fix all the mistakes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but fan fiction. I don't so. think we should go into that because it is just such a big topic. And <laughs> it's I mean I mean if you find a book you love and there's a community I do think it's it's worth it sometimes to go look if there is more because it it takes a while to write a book like it takes quite a while to write a book and get it produced and public publicized and stuff like that so if you find a book and you really really like it and you like this author and you want to f- read more about this universe but you don't really want to wait two or three years for the like for another book to come out. There, you can go to fan fiction. There are like a lot, yeah. a lot of places or fan art. I love fan art. Mm. I know you sent me a lot. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Talking about fan art, one of my favorite artists who does a lot of fan art is being featured at the end pages of one of my favorite books. Ooh, yeah, that's, so sweet. that's amazing. But like fan culture of books, it's so weird because you get like criticized as a reader when you're younger but when you get older you're praised because people are like oh how do you how can you sit down and read 
like for so long how do how how do you have the energy to read how do you have the mental capacity to read so much but when you're younger it's like why oh my god you read why are you not doing anything else but that why not hang out with friends do a lot of any friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's so weird how that shifts in a way mm. i feel like with book talk on the yeah rise and stuff i feel like it's become more popular in general yeah i also think it's getting more popular to read as children yeah and more people are like getting introduced to it and getting the chance to read different books which is good because then the community grows yeah i also feel like there was just the general rise with um lockdowns everywhere yeah Yeah, people needed new pastimes yeah and then people had already like watched the shows they wanted to watch the yeah. things they needed to do so then something else so people started reading and doing banana bread those were the two options reading or doing banana bread yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of pe- there was a lot of people who started baking in the lockdown just because yeah. there was nothing else to do yeah <laughs> i was not one of those though <laughs> no I you can't reading. even cook <laughs> yeah but I like the thing that. about book talk in general i feel like it's a it can be a very positive but also a very toxic place mm-hmm. because if you give an unpopular opinion like this really, really popular book I don't like. Oh, well, shame on you, shame on you, shame on you. You should like my favorite book because it's my favorite book. But at the same time, it's like, here, these are all these, like, inclusive books. And here is, like, LGBT books. And here is, like, ace-inclusive books. And mm. here are, like, authors who are, like, queer and trans and, like... People of color. People of color. There's, like, this whole world of authors that usually don't get discovered because they're, like, a minority, that are now getting discovered because of book talk. Mm. Yes. And I, I really like the idea of that. I think it's a good thing that we're not only, like, sort of, like, prioritizing, like, just, yeah, white, cis-head uh, people, uh, like, offers. Yeah. Um, because it's, it is the majority of, like, basically every area we're in. Yeah. Um, so to be able to read something about from a person of color or perhaps their perspective on something really just helps like maybe like even yeah. broaden your own uh, views and opinions. Yeah, I also feel like that we are allowing everyone to have a voice and allowing everyone to follow their dreams and become authors. That yes. you don't have to be a rich white dude or uh, a female who has a like a lot of free time like a stay-at-home mom or something that has time to write like you can become an author if you're a black non-binary person and you can become an author if you like have a hectic job and you just need escapism and it can take four years to write that book instead of, of the like some people who write books in a day it, it's not about like having the resources it's just about writing mm. Having the and passion. Then, yeah, having the passion to write. And having the abilities to write stories that catch readers. Yes. And then it's also see, feeling seen through the characters. Like, suddenly we have like a whole variety of people who are reading stories written by people who look like them. Yeah, and like have a lot. The, the there's a lot of yeah, out. a lot of yes. representations yeah. for people who's never really experienced um, yeah. seeing themselves in like books yeah. or films or as like a, like as like you will see a lot of 
black characters and non-binary characters and queer characters in books and and like queer people and black people and non-binary people and trans people will see themselves in these books and i feel like that's a really good thing to have this representation that is not in you know the public media like if you go on netflix and you watch a show how many shows are there about queer people as the main character Mm. how many shows are there like it's becoming more and more popular to have that in shows as well because there's no demand for it but it's still not become like the main idea yet like yeah it's also because there's increasing demand and acceptance yeah Mm. and i feel like that's also kind of part of what books have given because there have been books about like books are always ahead of series a lot of series are based off books so when it becomes popular in books and in media and there's this demand for it the movie makers and this like tv shows they have to listen and create these shows yeah because now they're seeing like there's actually money to be made in this era yeah and, I, and that's what a lot of them is looking for. Yeah. The money. So that's like a return on investment. Yeah. I also but but I also feel like because like a big com- companies and corporations like uh, Netflix right now they're doing these things. They're also queer baiting a lot. Yeah, but it's it's sort of like I feel like it's sort of a controversial topic in a sense because yeah. they're sort of doing it because there's money in doing it now. Yeah. They they didn't do it beforehand, like yeah. you know, yeah. Also, I I feel like they just in every show they make, they must just have a queer side character. Yeah, I feel like that's also a bit of because oh now we can market it as a queer show and we will pop the queer couple on the front, uh, so people will watch it even though that queer couple has like two seconds of screen time. Mm. And I feel you get a different thing than that in books because you can find exactly what you want because yeah. there is. So many books. Like you, can, I can guarantee you, you can find something that and you you wanna hear about. And in books, there's also more, at least now, stories with queer couples or like with people of color, where it's not just that as the vocal point. Like it's just yeah. a part of who they are, but it's yeah. not their whole thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's you know. How usually it's like, oh, they're queer, they need to figure out their identity. It's no longer that. It's like, oh, we have a queer person. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. They're in high school. They're having problems in high school. And they're figuring out how to deal with themselves in high school. Which is the same story as a straight person in high school. They're also trying to figure out themselves. But now it's a queer person. Mm. And I like that it no longer has to be straight people can have interesting stories while queer people just have to figure out their identity or black people just have to figure out how to fit in or how to deal with racism yeah exactly yeah i feel like nowadays a lot of times the books are not just about them being queer or being a person of color but it's actually about like problems they go through but not anything that's like sort of related to their identity in that sense it it could as well it it could be but like it doesn't have to be which was sort of like the starting point we kind of went from yeah which is again you have the you can have a straight person having relationship problems you can also have a queer person having relationship problems but the problem is not because they're queer it's because it's a relationship and relationships have problems sometimes yes I think now is a good time to wrap up then, because we've been talking for a while, and I, I think we've covered a lot of different topics. Yeah. Um, 
remember that you can read whatever you want. You don't have to read something because it's appropriate for you to read. Like, you can read a queer love story even though you're not queer. And you can read a straight love story even though you're not straight. And you can read children's books even though you're an adult. That is also very true. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, en- enjoy your fall reading. And we hope to see you for our Christmas edition soon. Yes. Have a lovely spooky season. <laughs>